Welcome to the Hospital Finance Podcast, your go-to source for information and insights that can help you stay ahead of the challenges impacting healthcare finance. And now, the host of the Hospital Finance Podcast, Michael Passanate. Hi, this is Mike Passanate, and welcome back to the award-winning Hospital Finance Podcast. As we do every year, Bessler releases a summary of the IPPS final rule. And to give us some highlights of this year's rule, I'm joined by Jimmy Mendez, who is a senior manager on our reimbursement services team here at Bessler. Jimmy, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Mike. It's good to be here. Jimmy, the release of the IPPS final rule for 2021 was delayed several weeks due to COVID-19 this year. Uh, What were some of the most anticipated pieces of information? Well, as usual, some of the key areas are the uh, mass market basket rate increase, the uncompensated care figures, and of course, uh, wage index related information. Yeah, you bet. So let's walk through those. What happened to the market basket rate? The market basket rate increase will be 2.4% for fiscal year 2021. This will be the update for providers that submit quality data and our meaningful EHR users. This figure is reduced by 0.6% if quality data is not submitted and reduced an additional 1.8% if the provider is not a meaningful EHR user. Jimmy, what do the figures for uncompensated care look like? The total to be distributed in uncompensated care for FY 2021 is 8.29 billion. This is just slightly down from the 8.35 billion distributed in FY 2020. However, the proposed FY 2021 amount had been 7.817 billion. Factor two of the calculation is the uninsured estimate provided by CMS's Office of the Actuary. That estimate was 67.86% in the proposed final rule, but it was adjusted to 72.86% in the final rule. The updated figure takes into consideration the effects of COVID-19. And of course, this is what contributed to the amount in the final rule being 8.29 billion and that being higher than what was proposed initially. For factor three of the uncompensated care calculation, CMS will use line 30 from the 2017 cost report as 2017 is the most recently available single year with audited S10 data. So for future years, CMS will continue to use the most recent available single year audited S10 data. Were there any interesting developments for wage index? Well, there was some movement in the designations of numerous counties. Uh, There are 34 counties designated as urban that will now be rural, 47 counties that were previously rural that will now be urban, and 19 counties will move to another CBSA or to a new or modified CBSA. But one must keep in mind that there is a 5% cap on any decrease in a hospital's wage index from the hospital's final wage index in fiscal year 2020. In addition, approximately 285 hospitals will benefit from the rural floor rule being applied. These are urban area hospitals of the state whose wage index is below 
the area wage index applicable to hospitals located in rural areas of that state. Their wage index will be set at the rural area level. So when you think about the whole rule, Jimmy, what are some areas of concern? Well, an important one relates to Medicare bad debts. 42 CFR 41389 discloses the requirements for a Medicare bad debt, as does the Provider Reimbursement Manual, or PRM, Chapter 3. The PRM is more detailed and is what hospitals are accustomed to complying with based on its application by the respective NACs. The purpose of the final rule appears to codify the PRM Chapter 3 requirements, most of which will apply retroactively. There are a couple of requirements that I wish to accentuate. One pertains to the process of determining that a non-dual eligible beneficiary is indigent and thus exempt from the reasonable collection effort requirements. The rule stipulates the provider must not use a beneficiary's declaration of their inability to pay their medical bills or deductibles and current insurance as sole proof of indigence or medical indigence. The provider must take into account the analysis of both the beneficiary's assets, only those convertible to cash and unnecessary for the beneficiary's daily living and income, and must determine that no source other than the beneficiary would be legally responsible for the beneficiary's medical bill, such as a legal guardian or state Medicaid program. Another pertains to how bad debts are reported on the financial statements. For cost reporting periods beginning on or after October 1st, 2020, Medicare bad debts must not be written off to a contractual allowance account, but must be charged to an uncollectible receivables account that results in a reduction in revenue. Were there any other issues that caught your attention? Well, Mike, uh, there are 12 new MSDRGs, including MSDRG 18, chimeric antigen receptor T-cell immunotherapy, which has the biggest DRG weight of 37.33, surpassing the DRG weight of MSDRG 01 heart transplant. Two of the new MSDRGs, numbers 521 and 522, relate to hip replacement and are subject to the post-acute transfer policy. Other items of note include the fact that stem cell acquisition costs will be reimbursed on a reasonable cost basis, effective for cost reporting periods beginning on or after 10-1-2020. Hospitals are not required to be Medicare certified transplant centers like solid organ transplant centers are required to be. The determination of Medicare's share of the stem cell acquisition costs will be somewhat different than that employed by solid organs, but the mechanics of how it will work are not entirely clear yet. Also, a new requirement relates to market-based MSDRG data collection and change in methodology for calculating MSDRG relative weight. Hospitals will be required to report on their Medicare cost report the median payer-specific negotiated charge that the hospital has negotiated with all of its Medicare Advantage organization payers by, DS, by MSDRG for cost reporting periods ending on or after January 1st, 2021. You previously mentioned that COVID-19 had an impact 
on factor two of the uncompensated care calculation. Were there any other areas of the final rule that stood out uh, as being impacted by COVID-19? Well, Mike, it is probable that it impacted the new technology add-on payments as it pertains to qualified infectious disease products that qualified under an alternative pathway. It seems some antimicrobial drugs will receive conditional approval for a payment, even if the product has not yet been granted FDA marketing authorization. Thanks, Jimmy. That was a, a great summary, summary of some of the key highlights. Uh, to read other highlights in the rest of our report, you can go to Bessler.com forward slash IPPS 2021 to access the entire report. Jimmy, thanks for coming back to the podcast and talking to us about this year's IPPS final rule. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me. This concludes today's episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. For show notes and additional resources to help you protect and enhance revenue at your hospital, visit Bessler.com forward slash podcasts. The Hospital Finance Podcast is a production of Bessler. Smart about revenue, tenacious about results.